Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the boss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Any fancy pint? Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. thing there. Uh, bonjour, everybody. How you all doing? Uh, welcome to uh, Sunday uh, at the radio station. It's 3RRFM, of course, you are listening to, but you know that because you are such an evolved, fabulous human being. Big thanks as we gaze across to Studio One, where the scientists are leaving the building, and I look across and I see the smiling countenance with the man with the red headphones on, it's Kent Goldsworthy, a.k.a. the panel beater. A very, very good afternoon to you. Really good afternoon to you, too, hey. Cam. Hey. Yeah. How you doing? Oh, I'm all caffeinated and croissanted. We are caffeinated, we're croissanted, and uh, I think we've got a pretty good show for you today. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit varied. Um, I might start by, uh, first of all, saying that uh, we return to the Queen Victoria market this Sunday because... Well, I kind of screwed up with the batteries last week, if I'm really, really honest. I, I thought they were okay, but I was there was this terror as I was doing this interview with John where I went down from three bars to one bar in like four minutes. In all the years you've been doing it, have, have you ever had the catastrophe? Lost the file, batteries yeah, flat? Yeah, yeah. back in the days of, um, do you remember mini discs? Oh. Uh, over the period of this show that's been going on for quite a while, we've gone through three main mediums. The first was I used to carry a, a cassette player that was the size of a, a small house. Um, it was like a prick. The Super Scope, it used to be called, um, which was, yeah, that was fine. But the mini disc was unique in the fact that if the battery went flat before it could write to that talk or the, what was it, the table of contents? Yeah. You were screwed. It would just everything would go. Yeah. So yes, that happened. And I and then you have to look at the talent that you have, or the guest, or whoever you're interviewing, going. Um, can we do all of that again? And can you be as fabulous as you were last time? And they, it's you don't get a good look back. Yeah. So anyway, that didn't happen. But we've got John, uh, which is good, and um, we also have two other guests. First guest today is a gentleman by the name of Tony Tan. Uh, Tony Tan, how do we describe him? Well, he was a restaurateur. He's looked after Shakahari of uh, of some place. Remember Shakahari? Yeah, very much. He used yeah. to manage that. Love it. Uh, he's also renowned for his cooking schools way back in 2001, but he's got another one at the moment in Trentham because he's had a bit of a... Um, a tree change, and you're going to see where I'm going with this, but also a fabulous 
uh, tour operator, international tours. He's taken people to Spain. He's taken people to Vietnam. He's taken people to Hong Kong. And uh, his insight and his... The academic nature, I suppose, of Tony is fantastic. And he's also a scream. So (laughs) we're going to talk to him in Trentham and uh, amongst his, uh, his girls, his chooks. His poor old pandan um, plant that he's trying to keep alive there in the cold. Sorry, I'm laughing. I shouldn't do that. But this is something that's that's top of mind. But also for him, he's gone through quite a bit with the storms that we had, or the storm that we had. Um, what was that last last mm, week? Two weeks ago now. Weeks ago. Which we're seeing terrible ramifications. Um, and one of the things I've written on the running sheet, and you were sort of questioning and going, what the, what the, Dandenongs and Trentham? You did ask, didn't you, Ken? Something along those lines. You did. <laughs> you did. And, and, the, and the reason I put them there is that there has been a call from the people that live around the Dandenongs. Remember, folks, there's still a whole bunch of people that have not got power at the moment, and... Life is kind of hard for them, and the last thing they need is Rummenickers. So if you think of going to the Dandenongs, wait. If you're thinking of going to Trentham, and we'll find out from Tony uh, where else around there that maybe you should avoid for just a little while. Um, I know the economy needs to be supported there, but maybe just keep that in mind. The other guest that we have, Shannon Martinez. Um, mm-hmm. She of... Smith and Daughters fame, Smith and Daughters Delhi, um, and her newest place that uh, has been going, which of course is called Lona Mesa, which is a lazy spoonerism, I think. But that's just me. It's the other side of the river, too. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, and also, it's a really, really uh, shall we say, interesting collaboration that she's had. Mm-hmm. We might start whistling the odd couple a little bit later um, and you'll find out more about that. Triple R is the station that you are on. I think we're going to push the go button to get this show underway. What do we think, panel beta? I think we do. I think we do. We're going to have a couple of sponsorship announcements in order for us to go to Trentham Get Tony on the line. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos, and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. 12.08 here on 3 Triple RFM. We're just getting our stuff together. Uh, I need to apologise for Kent because I was talking over it while I was, he was trying to get Tony on the line. Sorry about that, Kent. Um, and a very, very good afternoon to Tony Tan in Trentham. Good afternoon to you, Cameron. Oh, my... <laughs> it, it's so... Can you hear me? I can hear you sound magnificent as always. Um, we did a little bit of an intro to say who you are so people understand... The importance of Tony. What lot? Of, what a lo- load of rubbish! Oh, well, it's good to get this thing started on this sort of an angle. Um, Tony, we we were saying that um, you had a trade tree change. You're up in Trentham. Um, you we alluded to the fact that um, you've had to endure some some pretty heavy times with the weather. Um, I started off the show by saying. Um, because there are still people without power uh, around Trentham and specifically around the Dandenongs, um, that a lot of people have been asked, uh, the, the residents have said, look, maybe just stay away from the area for just a little bit longer. Is that the, what's happened in Trentham and, and how was it up there? Well, to, to begin with, a lot of the residents, well, the, the ones that are around town, I think that we've got, um, most of us have got power back already, so that's not an issue anymore. Yep. But it's only in the outlying areas, like in some of the farms and so on like this. And I think that power is slowly coming back. Yes. So, you know, that in itself is a godsend. Uh, and, you know, everybody's a little bit more uh, realistic. Mm. Everybody's a little bit more stoic about it all. Yep. But, I mean, right now, I mean, I, I feel very, very much for the people out in Dandenongs because it is hard yakka, you know, particularly during winter when it is just freezing cold, it as we cold all know. It was cold this morning, wasn't it? 
Oh, good gracious. I mean, you know, luckily that I'm on air. Otherwise, I'll just say that, you know, it just throws my kazurzas off, if you understand my drift. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I catch that drift. <laughs> yes. So it was a little bit like that. I mean, you know, uh, it was really hard going for quite a lot of people. I mean, I came back from Dalesford yesterday and I could see that there are still a lot of tr- uh, trees, you know, that just are, that are just being sawed or they are, they're, they're, wow. they are now cut into, you know, and it's hard. It's hard. But, but. The community is really very together. The, the community is there is a, there is a certain spirit of help. Of you know, I, I come from Malaysia. There is there is an expression called "gotong royong," meaning to say that you help each other, you know, yes. in times of need and all that. So you know, it, it is really, really very heartwarming to see that you know uh, there are people out there going to the neighbor's house, helping to clear trees, helping to clear branches and bushes, and all that sort of thing. It's just so, so, so rewarding. You know, it just warms yeah. your heart to see that there is such a strong community spirit. <sighs> that makes uh, one of the things that vindicates the uh, the decision to to move to there. Um, uh, you've you've been angling to get this cooking school off the ground um, for a while. How long have you been up in Trentham for now? <laughs> well, it's two years and two months, or two years and three months now. I mean, wow. it, it took it took a whole year to get you know everything well the the, the renovations done yes. you know so therefore it is up to the standard i really want for people to really enjoy themselves and really understand where the angle that i'm coming from and that is you know um to make sure that when people come out you know and they they'll be able to see my garlic growing the you know and my bok choy growing and and just about you know everything else to make it as enjoyable through a very sort of environmentally friendly sort of way. Does that make sense to you? It certainly does, Tony. It yes, certainly does. Yes. So yes. you've um, you've got a lovely '90s house up there, which you've been um, slowly renovating to be uh, specifically a place for to to welcome people into and watch you cook and uh, and sit down and have a lunch. At, yes, the, at yes. the end of these things. Um, yes. Before we go on, I do have to ask if I can just have a, as a little aside, uh, one of the things that has been a bit of a project for you is keeping your little, um, your pandan plant alive. How's, how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> how's oh, how's that tropical plant going in terms of... <laughs> I wish I didn't tell you that story a little while ago. My pandan plants, as well as my beetle leaves, they are actually having a very, very good uh, place of residence, put it that way. They are actually living with me in my bedroom at the moment because it's the warmest part of the house. Yes. It's like, I'm going to keep you. So you've, uh, it's not only is it... uh, uh, Tony Tan's domicile, shall we say, but it's also the uh, the greenhouse and uh, the the place where we keep the tropical plants alive. Yes, definitely. So, but eventually, when you know, when the power is connected to the greenhouse, mm. then they'll move into the greenhouse because certain pand- like certain tropical plants, they cannot go below 10 degrees Celsius. Otherwise, you know, they'll just perish. They just and go, I that's just, it, I'm out of here. Yeah, forget it. Exactly, yeah. yes. Why and did you do this being, to me? I beg your pardon? Oh, it's just, I've talked a little bit too long. I said, why did you do this to me and take me to um, the interior of Victoria? <laughs> yeah. Why did it take me to the interior of Victoria? Well, I tend to think that Trentham is a, such a very, very beautiful, beautiful part of Victoria. I, I don't know whether, how many people know about Trentham, but it is virtually, you know, as I see, you know, I'm looking out towards the garden and towards all the gum trees and all that, even though we have had devastation, but it is it is like God's gift to men, you know, that sort of thing. It's like one of the most beautiful earthly paradise that one could possibly even think of. So, you know, even though it is really very cold and it does snow in winter, mm-hmm. I've had two seasons of snow already, but it's, it's just... It, it, you know, not only is the community really very close, neat, neat, and the community is also really very helpful. 
Yes. But it's also such a beautiful, beautiful part of Victoria. Yeah. I mean, the soil is really very rich. It's fantastic potato country. Oh, yes, of course it is. Because, yeah, Dalesford was famous for um, before... Uh, well, well, around before aloe really came on, it was uh, McCain country. They used to grow all the russet Burbanks for uh, the McCain's fries. Really? Apparently. Oh, well, I've just learned something new today. Well, we'll look, we learn from each other. We learn from each other, Tony. Um, hey, Tommy, just, um, I'm, just to, I don't want to harp on the disaster, and it has been a disaster, but uh, you were without power for quite a while. And uh, some good friends, Matt and Joe, dropped off a portable stove for you um, a while ago, which I saw a picture of, and it was such a wild orange. It looked like a black box flight <laughs> recorder. But um, I'm just wondering, after the deprivations that you had, what was the first meal that you cooked on that stove? Right. Okay. That was really very nice and easy um, because, you know, we were all virtually sort of suffering from shock and all that. Mm. and. I have in my garden or in my backyard seven gorgeous girls, my my chooks. So that very night, what I did was I made myself an egg omelette with whatever that I could virtually sort of rummage from the garden. Yes. So being very cold at this time of the year, you know, um, it was virtually sort of, you know, I, I managed to sort of uh, scavenge some broccoli is the last of the broccoli now yes and then i sort of chopped that up made and chop up some onions and then mix it with my eggs and it was just so fantastic oh but it was because a hot it was meal. so nice and yes it was that's what i was just about to say mm. and thank god people like there are some wonderful people like matt and joe you know who really really care and they understand what it's like you know to be cold to be without power yeah. and so on because they are salt of the earth types yeah so yeah. also oh. known as mr and mrs mushroom for those of you in the know out there and a big um shall we give a a, a big uh, round of applause and big big kiss on the bloody cheek to them they they, they rock now. Yes, they certainly rock they are just wonderful wonderful people i mean you know i'm be more than happy to sort of give them more than two kisses on the cheeks. Ooh. And, you know, oh. I mean, I'm just being a little bit funny here. No, no. Um, but, <laughs> but that stove was a godsend, I can tell you. Oh, absolutely. So, now, tell us, when once you do get things uh, underway, um, give us a little... Uh, we've got a couple minutes left, Tony, and I thought maybe in that last little sort of two minutes that we've got, give us a flavour of the cooking school that you have, how people can book and... Uh, Oh, we hate to ask the price of things, but uh, maybe an idea of um, how much it might cost. Okay. Well, the, the, the cooking school caters for only eight students, so it is really very small, and it is really very intensive in the sense that they, they, come, they, they hmm. come and then they, they, they are welcome with cups of coffee and tea. Oh, good. They don't have to do push-ups are... or anything like that. Oh, no. They can okay. always run around the green. <laughs> um, and, uh, and they will have biscuits that I make my own or they might have some of the quiches that I might make my own or Asian style quiche if you get what I mean. I the thrust of the cooking school is all about um, the Asian, uh, um, Asian school with uh, culinary excellence. So what I'm trying to do is to encourage people to sort of think out of the square mm. and incorporate, you know, Asian ingredients like pandan and all that sort of thing into their cooking. So I may uh, and the and the sessions run for five hours, starting at ten and finishing at three. But most people tend to sort of linger on because I've had a couple of trial classes, and they all have a good time. And so they they learn to cook. They um, they they ask me questions, which is a very good soy sauce, and which is, what kind of lemongrass do I need? Mm. And then it costs them 200, it costs $250 per person, inclusive of lunch, about five courses, and wines. It's a great day. It sounds like a, a, a marvellous day. And uh, so how do people get in touch with you in book? Call me. Call me. <laughs> Call me. Oh, Kent, Kent like that one. Or if you, if you use the, the Google box thing, if you just put in Tony Tan 
cooking school. Uh, that will get you there, and the, that is how you will find Tony's number. And as well as that, um, can we also... Can I just, first of all, give you a big hug over the radio um, because uh, I miss you and I look forward to seeing you soon. But also, uh, for a lot of people, your cooking book about the beautiful cuisine of Hong Kong kept people inspired and thinking about great food and cooking great food. So, Tony, love you. You rock. And um, we look forward to seeing you soon. And I can't wait to see the cooking school get off the ground because it really deserves to. I, I don't think that we can afford another lockdown. No! Put it that, way. <laughs> that was visceral. No! No, we can't. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I look forward to seeing you up here. Come to come up and visit me in Transom. Love to. And look at all my beautiful twigs in the garden. Oh, yeah, I want to see the twigs. I want to meet the girls. And I want to see these pandan plants in your bedroom. <laughs> well, by which time they probably would have it gone into my greenhouse. Thank you very much. Oh, good, because otherwise I thought that could be like a bit of a line. Come and see my pandan. It's like, no, come thank and see you. my etchings. <laughs> all right, <laughs> See you, mate. Enough, enough. Okay. We're Thank st- you. We're, we're, we're stopping now. See you, Tony. Thank you. Thanks. Tony Tan, live from his garden in Trentham. Uh, you are listening to Eat It on 3 Triple RFM. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you have just joined us, I'm here with Kent. And um, I think, as far as I can tell, we're going to be out of here. We're going to pay some, uh, some rent or we're going to go straight to market? We're going to pay some rent. We're going to pay some rent and then... We go to market. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Thanks so much for being here. It means a lot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. The sounds of commerce on a Sunday morning where the sun has come out. Thank God. John, a very, very good afternoon to you by the time we get to the uh, the station, but good morning for now. Good morning, how are you? I'm going to inside you're a little bit late. I had my first coffee when the sun cracked at 9.30. Yeah. It was just so good. I couldn't refuse. Oh, fair I enough. I couldn't help myself. And uh, here we are in this glorious sunshine. My God, it's good, isn't it? It is crisp, but it's really, really refreshing. It's, yeah. it's um, a nice feeling to be out in the sun. It makes you feel better. It doesn't matter if you're a little bit down. Yeah. You sort of look and say, there's life. Uh, yeah, and may I also say that it might vindicate the decision of your late father uh, to pick this site at the Queen Victoria Market because this is one of the few spots under the covers of the Queen Victoria Market where you actually get that morning sunshine, huh? Yes, it is, and uh, he was very, very lucky. He was allowed to pick the spot because the um, market manager um, took him under his wings because he was barely 19. Yes. And he said, come on, Joe, we'll go around and walk around the shed and pick a spot. And they did. And yeah. this is what he picked. And this is what he stuck to. Uh, he did what he did well and um, stayed with it. How long ago was that? 75 years. Wow. Long time. There you go. But uh, he got to enjoy that sunshine. Well, no doubt he was a very, very busy man. But on a Sunday where we can just sort of talk and reflect on produce, the seasons and tomatoes, of course, because John's brought out a real nice show and tell here. Um, we can reflect on that. First thing to say before we move on to the tomatoes here at Tomato City with John, we're close to the hump. I think tomorrow is... uh, Is it the 21st that's the winter solstice? Yes, I think it is. Yeah, so we're close. Yes, we are. So uh, get out there and do what you've got to do. It doesn't matter if it's cold or if it's sunshine. It's still a beautiful time of the year. Uh, Yeah, well, agree. Probably one of the best times, actually. Well, I really do love June, usually, without all this crazy storm that we had last week. Um, but June is usually a very, very calm, a cold month. But it's, it's, the, um, it's the month of mists and fog and stillness. Yes, it is. And it's very good that we do get some of these very crisp nights because the oldies say that it kills the micre, the microbes or the bacteria in the air. And it reinvigorates everything, um, puts a lot of moisture back into the soil as well, um, kills all the grubs and that that, um, we're having a feast with our summer crops. 
it sorts them out. Mosquitoes haven't got a chance. Yeah, you're not wrong there. And the yeah. flies, uh, except for horse flies, are very rare, yeah, which yeah. is good. So yeah. that's why we make sausage soon. Ah, yes. You must be um, getting close to that time, huh? Definitely so, yes. Okay. And, and this is the beautiful thing about seasons and seasonality. And that's why we talk to you, John. So we are in the middle of, um, well, are we in the middle of winter? No, we're, we're near the winter solstice. We can say the middle of winter is the middle of July. But you've got some beautiful tomatoes here. Yes, I've, I've brought out some beautiful different coloured ones. It's a shame we, we, we can't show you the colours. Well, we can describe. But, um, <clears throat> this one's a, a very, very iridescent green tomato. Um, the Italians would say that's a tomato that's been picked raw, which means it hasn't had time to ripen on the bush. Mm. There's no ripeness at all. If you cut it in half, it's very green in the middle. Yep. This is an exceptional tomato to use for six million different things. Six um, million? Yeah. Wow. Um, There's a claim. The, the, you just think if I'm awake, aren't you? <laughs> the younger ones these days um, mush it up. Yes. And uh, make a salsa out of it. Now, you can make a warm salsa or a cold salsa. Yes. So a warm one, you just cook a bit of onion and a tomato together. You make your salsa. Mm. Then you have it with your chips or your cornbread or on a Mexican dish yeah. or something like that. Or next to some fish. Or next to some fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've even seen someone smother it all over a steak and then throw it into the fry pan. I think the and then throw it in the yeah, fry pan? Yeah, and then throw it into the fry pan. Um, he reckons... Uh, you reckon that's getting it backwards? Well, I don't know about that because right. I think the acids would get onto the steak and, um, you know, you get a, um, a different effect yeah, and you a will. different flavour. Right, OK. So whatever floats your boat, you know that. And then, of course, you know, there was uh, that great movie that, uh, that inspired a lot of people to go, hey, have you got any green tomatoes? Fried yes. green tomatoes where you slice, dredge... I don't know where that comes from. I think it might be an English word. It is. You, you flour with um, uh, polenta and uh, and fry up, and that's really, really nice. Too trendy for me, but with a polenta. Trendy? Bit, that, yeah. that was that, 15 that years ago, that movie, that w- John. It works, but <laughs> yes. I have done it, I've got to be honest. Yeah. And then you can make the traditional um, Aussie, English, whatever you want to call them, oh, green pickle. pickles. Yeah, make sure um, you've got turmeric. In there? Yeah, we were uh, reliving that the other day. Uh, I think Rosella may still make it. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. They made a green tomato pickle with cauliflower, corn, um, oh, yum. all the vegetables, and it's chunky. And yeah. you, you, when you put it on the bread, you can smell it. So you make a nice crusty chapata toast with butter. Didn't come out right then, but anyway. No, that's right. Uh, and you put your pickle on top, maybe a little <coughs> bit of cheese, and you're in heaven. Or you can make the Italian pickled tomatoes where you slice, salt 24 hours, vinegar 24 hours. Slice in half? Uh, no, no, slice yeah, thinly. Thin? Um, yeah. Rounds. And then Yes, rounds. Yeah. And then uh, you, you squeeze the vinegar out, put it under press for 24 hours, and then pack it into the jars with olive oil, and oh. you eat that on crusty bread. It's um, like a jardiniera, basically, if you know what that okay. is. So the idea is that you want to remove... As, the, the whole idea of, um, of pickling is to remove liquid so you, you, you don't have spoilage. Yes. So by pressing it, you are getting rid of liquid, yeah? Getting rid of all the moisture <coughs> yep. so there's no bacteria there. Mm. And uh, then you pack it into the oils and, um, you know, you can eat it for two or three years um, yeah. if you don't open a jar. Uh, and it's always in the pantry mm. when you want something different because sometimes we come home and you say... I just need something different. Yeah. So out comes the bread, the cheese, the tomatoes, even... Boiled egg. The boiled egg, and yeah. even the uh, sun-dried tomatoes in the oil as well. Whoa! And yeah. uh, away we go. Um, and, and you know what? And that thing about you can find um, some pickles to, to, to find. When I moved recently, I found um, a jar of your pickles that, um, that I found. It was The green one or the red one? It was the red one. It's really good. It's probably yeah. about, it was probably about two or three years old. But well, we never eat anything that we put in the jar before six months. Yeah, that's what you um, said to me when you gave it to me. Everything settles down, the sugars yeah. come out, the chilli yeah. comes out, yeah. um, the colours accentuate as well. Mm. Um, and it so, settles, all those flavours settle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, um, we've done one tomato. Yeah, so... <laughs> 
And this next one is the same tomato, but it must have been a little bit more advanced and it, it's yeah. starting to change colour. It's got a little bit of a blush to it. It's yeah. still a very, very... Um, it, it's a very shiny, sort of smooth-skinned tomato. It's very pretty, actually. It is. If you slice that and put on a plate and drizzled olive oil and some people put a little bit of balsamic, mm. when you eat it, it's really tingly. So, yeah. you know, it really changes the flavour of the dish you're eating. A little bit of salt. A little, little bit, bit of pepper. Salt. You like yes, pepper with yes. your tomato? Sometimes, okay. yes. Sometimes. If I'm eating crackers and cheese, yes, definitely. Oh, there we go. And then we've got our black Russian here. That's a beautiful colour. It's got greenish stripes on it. It's not smooth. Browny red colour. Mm. When you cut it in half, it's a beautiful bright red inside. Oh, this poor bugger's got a hole from another tomato. What a shame. That'll have to be our lunch. Oh, good. But, um, uh, but these ones have got ridges on them. Ridges. They're, they're not smooth like the, these a, other ones. A little bit softer on the skin, a little bit juicier, more flavour. When you cut it in half, the aroma hits you straight away. Mm. Makes a beautiful salad. Yeah. Um, even on a bit of um, bread. Um, on its own, yep. it's very nice. And then we've got our cherry trusses. We've got a round cherry truss. I only brought the bigger one. We've got smaller ones as well. Mm. This bigger one's a little bit softer on the skin, sweeter. The little one's more um, crunchier, more acid. Beautiful red. And then we've got this elongated one, um, which is a mini Roma truss. Very, very sweet. And the riper they get, the sweeter they are. How long have these been around for, John, these um, mini Romas? They've, they've been around a lot, but they've just started to grow them in big time Commercial recently. Commercial yeah, right, because I think it's probably maybe the last three or four years I've been really aware of them, yes, and you've yes, had them. Yes. And then we've got a yellow one. It's uh, orange, actually, not yellow. Yeah. Joseph keeps telling me I'm colourblind or forgetful, one of no, the two. We, we, yeah, we, we call these, uh, <laughs> the, these yellow, but they are. They're, they're beautiful, beautiful orange, aren't they? They are. Um, they're Nothing very pretty. high in acid, though. But um, we had them two years ago and we let them get overripe and we made a pasta with it. It looked very, very strange because traditionally, you know, we like our pasta to be either red or aglio aglio. But this was bright yellow and the pasta soaked up the colour as well. And it was gorgeous, really nice. Wow. Yes. And and flavour? Flavour, very sweet. Big. Very sweet, yes. These are... Yeah, there's definitely acid there, but there's also sweetness as well. Yeah, it leaves the mouth nice, and that's what you want when you eat anything. Leaves you the might mouth get nice, that yeah. initial bang, yeah. but you want something to be memorable. You don't want yep. to forget about it two minutes later. Yep. Uh, and this is um, probably the few, few of the last of our Doncaster tomatoes. This one also still got going by another tomato, but it's still quite firm, quite crunchy. Uh, red, very, very strong flavour. Mm. So you can have a fist with the tomatoes, even though it's cooled down. We're still having a tomato salad. Very quickly, these uh, yellow Romas that you've, uh, Roma cherry tomatoes that you made pasta with, what noodle did you use? We used the spaghetti, believe it or not. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, we could have used the penne, so the penne would have filled up with all the sauce, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we were in the mood for spaghetti that day, and it worked quite well, actually. And uh, you had the, the cheese with it as well? Always, yes. We use pecorino cheese, fresh pecorino. That's right, pecorino. Um, yes, because <laughs> it's not as pungent as the other ones. Yep. And now we're going to move on to some of the greens, I reckon, because yeah, you brought a, um, a bunch of raba, which is an Italian broccoli. This is what we call a bitter. Uh, looks like a turnip top, actually, mm. but it's got a few... Quite long. Yeah, it's got a few broccoli heads in it. Yeah. Um, you have to see it. This one I like to boil in plenty of water. A lot of people chop it and just throw it in a fry pan with onion and garlic and then just steam it. But that brings out the bitterness a lot. This commercially grown one's not as strong, so you can do that. Mm. Um, but there are a lot of things you can do with that. A lot of people put it with their pasta or their orecchietti, um, or they just serve it beside a steak like we do. Goes good with pine nuts too. Pick of the market, John. Pick of the market. Uh, you were munching on a green bean and you were quite happy about oh, that. Oh, it's before. beautiful, yeah. They're not cheap as usual. They're 14 a kilo, but they're hand harvested. They're nice and um, clear in the middle, like mm. a jelly, so you can eat them raw. The peas have been good as well. Uh, there's an abundance of capsicums and eggplant. Still a little bit dear because it's cold, about 5 $6 a kilo. But you can make beautiful meals with them. We've been having roasted capsicums and roasted eggplant on toast as well. Mm. Um, celery has been exceptional, nice and juicy. You can eat that raw or chuck it into a soup. What can I say as usual? There's a plenty of everything. There's an abundance of fruit. The colours are spectacular. The flavour is really good in all the fruit at the moment because everything's peaking. Get out there, walk around the market, pick out what you like. Don't do your... your um, 
menu at home. No. Walk around and whatever calls you buy it. That's it, what we do when we're down wholesale market. Inspiration is down the aisles of the market. Definitely. And in the sunshine, how can you not have inspiration? Yeah, it's good. John, thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely week. Back to the studio. Back to the studio we are, and John is always an amazing inspiration. Uh, you are listening to Eat It on 3 RFM. We still have another guest. Her name is Shannon Martinez, and uh, it's been a long time between drinks. But uh, in the meantime, I thought we might give you a little bit of music. It's a good driving song. It's a good listening song. Turn it up. Triple R. Triple R sponsors they are. It's 12.42 here at uh, one of the greatest radio stations in the free world, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed that track before. Uh, that was the Avena. Uh, track name was Fade Out Lines. It's about six years ago. But uh, I reckon it's still pretty cool. Right now, you can hear her on the other end of the phone. She's waiting. She's ready to come through. And it is time for Shannon Martinez. Oh, hi, Ken. I got you so excited. You hit the, you hit the buttons with your, with your cheek, I think. A very good afternoon to you. It's been way too long. How have you been? I'm having good, actually. I mean, you know, the worst is over. Yep. In terms of health stuff, well, you know, starting to get back on track, which is really exciting. I've missed it. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. And um, and also, um, ah, just what you've had to endure. Um, you've been in my thoughts over the last year, that's for sure, and I'm... You've prevailed amazingly, and uh, your, your strength of body, strength of will have come through Aww. and won the day. So good on you, girl. Thanks, babe. That's okay. That's okay. Now, for those, let's just pretend that uh, nobody knows who the hell you are. Um, mm-hmm. Shannon, I remember we spoke, God, oh, it seems like so long ago now, um, but you had just uh, opened up um, a place with a previous partner, a place called Smith & Daughters, which was interesting in the fact that it was just going to be vegan. That was so long ago now, isn't it? Yeah, over seven years now. Over seven years. wild. Yeah, and yeah. In, in that and then, you know, time... Yeah, nearly six years and you've opened up a deli, but I think in that time you've proven yourself to be, oh, how do we put this, um, food, um, an artist as well as food technician. It's sort of like the left and the right hand. Yeah, yeah, bloody oath, because you're able to have a vision of about a, a food that you want to do and using your... Uh, your basis in science and what you understand about food, you've been able to do it. I mean, shit, you just did, what was it, vegan butter the other day? What was that all about? Yeah, how cool was that? I don't know. How <laughs> good is it? Yeah, that was a real last-minute one, too, which is generally the way with me. If I overthink things, yes. I tend to stuff them up. So I generally get stuff um, when I'm just, you know, on a whim. Yes, um, and, I, and I love the fact that you had people on Instagram going, oh, can you give me the recipe for that, please? Mate, that's for everything. I think people maybe forget that this is what we do for a living. Jesus, some people say dumb, aren't they? It's like, yeah, can we have the recipe for that? Thank you. Yeah, come on. No one rings up and just says to you, hey, Cam, so, like, can you just come over to my house and just, like, read me the news and, like, tell me about what's going on in the world? Or or maybe just put some money in my bank account for me, please. Yeah. (laughs) Could could you do that? But, you know, I try. I definitely want... To help people with cooking, which is why I do those little one-handed chef videos at home, because you know I want people to get in the kitchen, and I want them to get excited. So mm. it's not like I ain't offering nothing, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you give a so, lot. Hey, we're speaking. Yeah, we're, we're, we're speaking now, aren't we? Hey, come on. Yeah, we're speaking now. You know, we've got some cookbooks out there. There's plenty of stuff for people to learn. Yeah, that's it. Now, um, I just wanted to um, mention the fact that you've done something that's. Well, it's pretty unlikely. I thought was uh, you've you've gone flown south, and uh, um, I, I want to sort of go the. And that's the theme to the odd couple. You've had a really interesting collaboration 
Well, it's sort of a three-way, really, if we're looking at it that way. No, uh, yeah. look out. Do early look today. Out. It's only Sunday morning. Hey, listen, sorry, we don't want to scare the horses, but um, <laughs> a Volo Hotel um, and you and Ian Curley. What Who a, would have thought? What an interesting little tryst that has been. How, how on earth um, did that come about, and what's the Avolo Hotel, and what are you doing? Okay, so the hotel as a chain has, or as a group, has decided, or they pledged last year for the entire company to go completely client-based, which is a ballsy move, if you ask me, especially for a company that size. Yes. Uh, And And I think that's probably what got me in terms of getting me excited into joining them. Is that that a worldwide footprint that they've got, um, Shannon? Yeah. Yeah, so they've gone gone client-based all around the world. Yep, Hong Kong, Bali, Australia, and it's just, it's a pretty gutsy move. I wish more companies would do that. Uh, And so it's that kind of move that attracted me to the hotel because I'm all about taking risks in terms of food. Uh, And, you know, I've I've built my whole company on it, I guess. So, um, and, you know, and and I believe in it, like, wholeheartedly. So I joined up with them, and then, yeah, Curls came, Curls was already involved, or Ian Curls was already involved. Who's Ian Curley? Can we just... Oh, and uh, Shannon, while you're doing that, can you just move to your left or right a little bit? Because we're starting to get a little bit ropey with the phone line, just so you know. But uh, tell us, who's Ian Curley? Uh, So if if you've lived in Melbourne your whole life, you would definitely know places like the Supper Club, the European. Yeah. um, You know, Curley. Yeah, all that. I think that whole end of the city, really, yeah, was and, kind of run by him in, convi- in one way or another. And you might have seen him um, on the TV on Conviction Kitchen, if you were lucky enough to catch that. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, I think if you have seen that, you'll probably realise that him and I are definitely the odd couple. But in a way, we're very similar, I guess. So what are the, uh, what are the similarities? You, you're both great human beings. You love good food, systems... You, you, mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm putting words in your mouth. Well, what were the what no, were the go things? No, for that, it. So it's me doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what, what were the things? What, what are the things you dig and you're sort of similar to with curls? Well, I think we're definitely both just super passionate about our industry. Yes. Um, you know, the food, our work ethic. You know, we both come from. Well, I guess you know, he's definitely come from an older school than me. That's for sure. <laughs> but good but, on you. Good on you. Yeah. But but we have both come from that way of. Of, of cooking in those kitchens, I guess. And so we have similarity in that respect. And also, I used to work at the supper club at the beginning of the 2000s. I'm very early. Really? And, yeah, I was um, in a bar up there, and obviously he was running all those kitchens. So we were I've seen you each other from there. From the early 2000s, yeah. Wow. I, I, tell you what, I, was, I was cooking back then, but I was a baby in, in the kitchen. Yeah. And you had told me back then that Curly and I would be working together as equal partners. I would definitely not have believed you. No, no. Well, that's that's the thing, how, how things evolve. So, um, mm-hmm. so here's this place. It's in... Oh, my God. It's in... Uh, first of all, it's in the south, which I reckon is really kind of weird that you've gone down there. Yes, um, correct. Uh, the, uh, the great thing is that uh, it's a consultancy role, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So I've come on writing menus. I'm there. I've, I've been sort of jumping on the floor. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure whether the um, front of house staff like it or loathe it, but <sighs> I've been getting out there and talking Deal to customers because I've missed it so much, you know, and so I've been getting out there and hanging out with everybody because a lot of the Smith and Daughters uh, customers have made their way over, or all the people that have, you know, asked me to go Southside for so long, they've been supporting it, you know, really, really well. So, How do you uh, find, okay, loaded question, or a question loaded, loaded, loaded. How do you find the South Yarra clientele, Shannon? It's different. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody come up to you and say, wash my pony? (laughs) No, but do um, (laughs) Uh, not quite. Not quite. Um, All right. God, I'm making I'm, myself I'm, blush yeah. here. I, it, did I make you blush? I'm just going to say it's different. Yeah, it's different. Okay, let's just let's just go there. So here it is. It's in the um, this amazing building, like probably the most amazing building in South Yarra now, the corner of yeah. Chapel Street and Turak Road, and it's this humongous building. Are you on the – well, the, uh, Lona Mesa must be on the ground floor, Yeah. Yeah, it is. So yeah, right. it kind of stands independent from the hotel even. I think they kind of uh, intentionally did it that way so the restaurant could just stand on its own mm. regardless of anything else, you know, and it definitely is doing that. 
And it's been great because, you know, when I first opened Seven Daughters, we were Spanish and Latin focused within the menu, and I brought That's that right. back to Bona yeah. Mesa. And the kitchen, I tell you, it's kind of a dream kitchen. If I could have that for myself at Daughters, I would be a very happy woman. Uh, but we have this piece of equipment called a Josper. Um, <gasps> the Josper grill. Is, yeah, which... I'm pretty sure we are the only vegetarian vegan restaurant in the world that probably has a Josper because these things are built for meat. What about and what about Embla? Embla is, is Embla a Josper? No, I think they've had their own ovens made. Yeah, okay, sorry. I don't Go know. On. I don't know. I know the ones upstairs have been made from. I think the Brick Chef made well, the ones upstairs. Can you, can you describe what a Josper is for those that uh, don't know? Because Kent's looking at me, going, "What the thing? What, what, what Josper? What the hell is yeah, Embla?" metal oven that's mm-hmm. fueled by coal and wood. Yeah. Uh, so it can get up to extreme temperatures. Uh, you know, we're talking 600 degrees and over. Uh, and wow. so cooking in these sort of things, instead of just on a grill, these things really, so that beautiful high heat, super caramelization, a lot of gorgeous smoky flavors go through it. So this mm. is why normally, you know, it, it is made from meat and it's um, pretty sure this is, from Spain as well, am I right? The Josper has come from Spain. Mm, anyway, I'm gonna have to pass on that. But but what you're That's saying is, say, yeah. So things like cauliflower, you can imbue with beautiful uh, right. caramelization and smokiness. You got it. So we're doing a full uh, cauliflower, which is nothing new to anybody. But yeah. cook it in the Josper, and we're you know drenching it in a really spicy fermented peri peri sauce, Ooh. and that thing goes into the Josper and is gorgeous. We're cooking cauliflower. Broccoli, you know, we're basting that in a seaweed butter in the Josfa. So many things we're doing there, these oyster mushroom um, uh, skewers that uh, pinchos morunos, it's a Spanish dish made with yes. cumin and lemon and turmeric and all those flavours. So it's been super fun using this. I've never used one before. So it's been great to use to play with one of these because it ain't every day you get a Josfa in a vegan restaurant. Uh-uh. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and you make use of that. So um, getting back to it, uh, seaweed butter, um, what a great bloody thing that is um, and quite easy to make and uh, a – how do we call it? It's something if you want to slap some umami on things. Yeah, umami for sure. Umami bomb. I mean, it's a umami bomb. Mm. It is an umami bomb, a buttery umami bomb, and super easy to make. So maybe if any of you out there have, um, you know, made sushi at home or whatever, and you've got a packet of nori just sitting in the cupboard doing nothing, yeah, uh, get it over an open flame, and you'll see it start to sort of um, change colour, yes. and it will start curling up a little bit. It'll crinkle it a little bit. Close off a few sheets. Yeah. That's right. Close off a few sheets. Chuck it into a food processor or a Nutribullet or whatever. Yeah. Um, put some butter in there, whether that be a vegan butter or a dairy butter, whatever you got. Or whatever. Uh, and blend it. And bingo, that's a, that's a very basic version of seaweed butter that you can make at home. And then throwing that into anything that you're cooking, you know, finishing off a sauce, putting it, oh, God, you even want to put it on toast if you wanted to. You could. But that's a really good way to add some umami into a dish. And when you're cooking vegan, um, you know, any of those sort of little tricks to help boost that flavour is always handy. Getting back to um, the the odd couple, and I can't work out whether you're Felix or, um, or, or, or the Jack Klugman character in this, but... How, how did you negotiate, and who brought what menu-wise? Like, did 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 curls bring any sort of like European <laughs> French sensibility? How did no, it work? Don't be silly. Oh, yeah. Don't be silly. No way. No so He's he's brought the um, the back end of the kitchen, so the organisation, the planning uh, of the kitchen, spreadsheet man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even that. I guess the head chef's more doing that sort of stuff. Like he is just. Helping with just the, I guess the. Day to day. Looking after personnel, right? Basically, because right. I didn't want to do that. So I've got my own shots to deal with. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Okay. So, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm menu. I'm on food, and he's on everything else. All right, let's um, let's take the focus away from uh, uh, Chipelli and uh, and the great southern tribe that resides around there. What have you been cooking at home? Uh, I've been doing lots of hot pots. I think more than cooking, I've been gardening heaps. I've been getting, I mean, I started that when I got sick. It was a really good way for me to sort of just relax and get my mind off it. Yes. And I'm just kind of obsessed with it now, and I only plant things that are edible. So I'm really focused on that. And, I mean, I heard you before talking um, when you were at the market talking mm. about Rafa. 
So I've got that in the garden and I made this really amazing like green, like a pie, just with all these beautiful greens, bit of greens. How do you so use wrapper? Um, well, I like it in a pie. So yes. like an Italian style, you know, greens pie. I like it for filling for pasta. You want to mix it with some cheese or something and fill a pasta. Yeah. Um, Takes uh, pine nuts really well too. Pardon? Takes pine nuts really, really well too. Oh, yeah, it does. Wrapper, pine nuts, so, cheese. Yum. Oh, it's so, so good. So, so just any greens. Hot pots. Together. So you're saying hot pots at home. So... Um, that's also known as a one-pot wonder, I suppose. Um, but yeah. uh, just just keeping it sort of simple and concentrated in one pot. Asian yeah, style? Yeah, no, I will start it. Pardon? Asian style? Yes, that's right. And, and you can get, if you go to, I mean, I started making these during lockdown because I couldn't get to any, and it's my, one of my favourite things to eat, and I live, I live too far out of the five-page night. I come out. You know, um, Heidelberg way. Yes. So nowhere near really anywhere that was doing hot pots within five k's. So you go to places like Min Fat and that they have these amazing blocks of like fat. They can get vegan ones as well, and they have all the spices in there: dried chili, black cumin, coriander seeds, all this sort of stuff. And you just chuck it into a pot with some stock or some water, yeah. and you buy one of those. Little, I got those little uh, burners, you know, with the gas, with the gas cylinder. Yes. Chuck it on the table. Yep, just chuck it on the, uh, the table. Put whatever you got in the fridge: tofu, uh, veggies, whatever you like, Boom. dumplings. And you go and ham. The job is done. And actually, we were talking with Tony Tan before, and uh, it was that little gas stove that saved his life after uh, being without. Um, Shannon, right we're, we're going to have to leave you. Uh, don't forget Smith and Daughters plus the Taco Shop, one seventy five Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. Uh, the Deli's in Moore Street. Uh, Taco Shop is over. We reopen at Smith & Daughters on Tuesday. Hooray! Luna Misa is happening in the south. Uh, It's all great. Great to hear your voice, Shannon. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right, love you, mate. Big hug. Yay. Bye. There it is. Um, Shannon Martinez. With Ian Curley. Wow. uh, That is something else. Um... Good news uh, in the fact that uh, I've got some homework for you all today. Um, uh, Panel Beater and I were talking about uh, the Alex French guy cooking on YouTube and how we admire that so much. It's really fabulous. Yeah, that, if was any, some, if that, was, that was like, hey, if, I should have eye contact. If people you, haven't sorry. already, Alex French guy cooking YouTube channel, it's yeah. uh, a class act. And I got a serious man crush on him. And the good news is we're going to have a chat. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. Should be coming on soon. You have been listening to Eat It on 3 Triple R. Kent, thank you so much. Thank you, Cam. Fee, thank you for sitting in. And still here is on. Now, after this. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.